0: Today's episode is brought to you by Taft Law and its Franchise Advance Program. A -a one-of-a-kind program developed by your host, Josh Brown, to help entrepreneurs assess, convert, and grow your business the right way through sound franchise structures. To learn more, go to taftlaw.com and type Franchise Advance Program in the search bar. If you think like act like or are trying to grow like a franchise, then the Franchise Euphoria podcast is for you. Hello and welcome, everybody. Josh Brown here. And I created this podcast for one main goal, to help people who are trying to grow their business through franchising or franchise-like structures to do it the right way. I've been practicing law now as a franchise lawyer for many, many years, and I've seen it done the right way and the wrong way. And this podcast is not filled with a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. Rather, I talk with real people, people who have been there, have done it, are doing it right now. And I also dive deep into specific topics related to franchising. So if this is of interest to you, you are at the right place. Enjoy. on today's episode of Franchise Euphoria thrilled to have on Sheila and James Boker who are the founders of Rockstar Martial Arts. Rockstar Martial Arts is a unique kid-focused martial arts franchise uh, that was founded by Shiva and James Boker. The husband and wife duo founded the brand when they realized that there was a hole in the fitness market and wanted to create a luxury concept that fostered leadership and discipline skills in kids through the martial arts platform. The brand has six, soon to be seven locations throughout Texas and is looking to grow in Texas, Georgia, and Florida. During this episode, they share a lot of things. It's a, it's a very, very personal episode. It shares their story and shares about what it's like to be in business with your spouse, how they founded the brand, uh, and more details about their growth strategy in the future. Hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Hello, James. Hello, Shiva. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How you doing? doing good, good. Hi, Josh. You.
1: Thank you. Pleasure You're meeting well.
0: you. You guys are a husband and wife duo that uh, founded uh, a franchise called Rockstar Martial Arts, which we're going to talk about today and excited to, to learn more about uh, this concept. And, and sort of as, a, as, as an appetizer, before we get into the entree of discussing the entire business, uh, tell me about you guys and sort of your background that led uh, up to uh, the creation of Rockstar Martial Arts.
2: Well, I've been in the industry about 40 years now, and I had a large organization I built in 2013. I sold that organization. At that point in time, my wife came to me and she's like, well, I want to build something. And I'm like, what do you want to build? And she's like, well, I want to build what you built, but I want it to be nicer, cleaner, more boutique, more upscaled. I'm like, Okay, what does that look like? And that's and that's where she came in.
1: I think um, to take it back even a little bit further, James grew up doing martial arts, and it really impacted him. And I didn't start martial arts till I was eighteen. I grew up extremely overweight, unhealthy, you know, no self esteem, no confidence, and I enrolled myself in kickboxing when I was eighteen. Really, just to lose weight. And I got so many more benefits from it. And that's how I met James. He was actually my instructor at the time. And so, with it having changed my life, even though I got my degree in biology and chemistry, I thought, you know, this is what I want to do because I had seen how it impacted not just myself, but so many people around me. And I thought, well, this is really what I want to do with my life. And I was exposed to, we spent a lot of time in Miami and South Florida. And I was exposed to these really amazing boutique fitness concepts um, that I thought were just, I thought this is what martial arts is missing. Like every martial arts school that I've ever been to stinks and is not um, aesthetically pleasing. And I thought we really need to bring that into the martial arts world.
0: That's great. I mean, and it is funny because yeah, you walk into any martial arts and I've, I've, I've taken it over the years, um, my my brother in law took it for years then my my, my father in law who recently passed away um had had many black belts and different i i, I think jiu jitsu which is what you guys uh do but maybe some other disciplines um but yeah every time you walk into one of the the places they 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 seem to have that distinct um that distinct smell to them
1: yes. <laughs> so, yes. either feet or bleach
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly so is you is is the focus then the focus is uh jiu-jitsu it is
2: the focus that's the art that, that we actually use but our focus for the children is really child development and leadership uh for the kids and just getting them ready
0: really for life but our basis is brazilian jiu-jitsu yes it is now, did you always have a kids? I mean, obviously, when you're dealing with martial arts, you're dealing with kids. But, but Shiva, in, in addition to um, uh, bringing a new look to the studio and a feel and a smell and all that kind of stuff, um, did you did you guys discuss as you guys were putting this business together, you know, a way in which you were going to differentiate yourself from other martial arts studios, right? Because everybody kind of has their idea, I would say, of a, what a martial arts studio is, but they're not, but they're not all the same. I mean, they're all kind of different.
1: They're all pretty different. Yes, absolutely. That was something. And a couple things that we have that a lot of the other schools don't have. One is our, we have a signature anti-bully program where we teach children how to both verbal, verbally and physically deal with bullies if they are, you know, uh, approached by a bully. Um, that's number one. Number two is really our leadership development curriculum that we have built behind our children's programs. Those are the top two differentiators, I would say, between us and all the other martial arts schools around us.
0: And then the locations, You got how many locations do you guys have open right now?
1: We have six open. We have one opening, hopefully by springtime of this year, but they're all in Texas right now.
0: And are they corporate locations or are they a combination of corporate and franchised?
1: It's a combination. One is corporate and all the others are franchises.
0: And then are you guys, it looks like you guys are looking to expand a little bit. Through, I'm sure you have more opportunities in Texas, but then also Georgia and Florida.
1: Yes. We, you know, we spend a lot of time in Florida. We kind of split our time between here and Texas. And we really want to expand to Florida next. And then, yes, go into Georgia. And we love Utah, Arizona, Tennessee, and the Carolinas as well
0: so when how tell me if you know obviously we're on an audio podcast and so i think people get get a picture in their head i'm i'm also looking at the website right now so i can see it but kind of for the for the listeners give them an idea when when they walk into this space what can they expect i mean what's the look and feel like
2: well most of our all of our units actually they're open right now we we open them one in very high end shopping areas for the mom The mom is usually the person that's going to enroll their child into one of our programs. Usually the moms don't work, and they're going to go grocery shopping as they drop their child off. So as they walk in, our units are about 1,500 square feet. They're very, very small, very boutique, very high-end area, super clean, of course. And they all have this. We've actually uh, created a smell uh, for the place, and we've all had this. Unique smell that when you walk into
0: the place, that smell is uh, very good. Also, well, and it, and do you guys? It looks like you guys are also doing um, some kickboxing and some other some other stuff as well.
2: We are. We have uh, in some of our programs in our gyms there. We have a Muay Thai that's added into the adult program, kickboxing program, and that's usually where you're going to find your moms and your dads. They're actually getting involved into the program, also uh, something that fits them a little bit. Because what we see a lot, if we're going to have adults and join into the program, it's usually going to be some of the, it's usually 90%, it's going to be the parents getting involved. You see a lot of families doing it together with their kids? We do. You know what? They walk in, they bring their kids, and they see really what it's benefited their child. Then the mom starts leaning in. Then the dad goes, well, let me see if I can show up on Saturdays. He starts leaning in a little bit. And before you know it, the whole family is involved. And that's what we uniquely, that's what we're trying to do is have all the families involved in our community
0: and our program. So when did you guys first think about the franchise model? I mean, I, I always love to ask people this because people come about franchising in different ways. Most often, you hear about people who didn't even think about franchising, and then it was actually their customers who said, hey, have you ever thought about franchising? And then they go, oh, no. Uh, But sometimes, people had the plan all along. So I'm curious with you guys, um, at what point did franchising become a discussion point where you thought, okay, we might really look at this as an expansion model?
1: Well, when I started Rockstar, I told James, I said, I don't want what you had because he had eight eight schools in his organization, and I told him, I said, I just want one the one location. I think I'll be very happy with that. You know, we can ramp that up. We know how to do this business extremely well and make them very profitable, and you know that'll be great. But um, I think one, it's just in both of our bloods to want to grow things, and. Two, I did... After less than a year of being open, I started having clients come to me like, this is such a great concept. How can we have one of these? And so I actually started out licensing schools. And um, after a couple, James said, you know what, let's do this right. And let's just franchise it. If we're going to grow this, let's let's grow it. And let's start franchising. But we didn't actually start franchising in tw- until 2019.
0: What was that process like? I mean, there's people who are listening who are, you know, thinking about franchising their business. And it, it, everybody kind of has their own idea of what franchising is, but you never truly know until you go into it and actually do it. So there's, there's the, the process. I've never worked with anybody or heard anybody say, oh, yeah, everything went, went perfectly well. <laughs> so talk, talk about that whole experience of turning your business into a franchise.
2: Well, um, where should I start? I don't know if we have enough time for me to really get into that. No, but I, I can tell you the uh, it was us starting all over again. And what I knew from speaking with some of the people and some of my mentors out there was to build a have a great infrastructure, build a great systems inside this thing and run without you. That's duplicatable over and over again, just not from you guys, but someone else can do it and make them very simplistic systems that people can understand. That was the first thing to
0: do, is start building the infrastructure around what it's going to look like with us not being there. Pause there for one second. People don't understand how hard that is in a business. That's hard to do. Most
2: difficult part you'll ever do, because it's really got to come from you and your vision. And what you're expecting this thing to look like, not just one or two, what is it going to look like with 100, 150, 500 to 1,000? And that's very hard to vision unless you're able to go, okay, let me speak with someone that's been there before and done it. You know, what does it look like? And so much growing pain just getting from one to two, then two to four, then four to six to seven to eight, right? There's so much growing pain. But I can tell you, having um, – the infrastructure, the systems in place, the vision, and working backwards from that is probably one of the most important things you can have to run a successful. What I've seen so far is run a successful franchise.
0: Shiva, what are your thoughts?
1: It like he said, it was. I really felt like we were starting all over. It's an entirely different business. It's like we went back to school again. We're, we were so good at running our you know individual locations and then when we franchised I said, this is an entirely different world that we were being exposed to. and I, I did. I really thought that, oh, franchising not a big deal with this is this is gonna be easy. We know how to do these schools great. and and um, there were a lot of challenges that we faced, but I will say, for people that are looking to franchise is to really go and network with people that have been there and done that. That's really helped us so much, you know, it was going to like the IFA shows and, you know, all these, uh, I went to the springboard in Philly and just made great connections and the people are, they want to help you. And um, I found some great mentors through, you know, going to those shows.
0: Yeah. I think it's so important. I mean, you know, so many, irrespective of what what the other franchise companies are i mean in in all likelihood they're totally different concepts they're in totally different genres but the point is you guys are all going through something similar and you know i think the biggest thing one of the biggest things that i'm sure you guys experienced was when you go from one operation to now thinking about many your your entire outlook has to change and Because you're not just focused on that one location. Now your job is to focus on how you help support all these other locations. And, you know, and then when you have more than one location open, you start really realizing the holes in your processes and systems. Because it's easy to cover it up or not even cover it. It's easy to not even recognize that they're there when you're always at the business. Absolutely. And so you just, uh, I see that with a lot of entrepreneurs and it's a, it's a really, it's one of those things that you can't, you can't just go study something and be good with it. You actually have to go through that experience and just recognize that, hey, okay, so, you know, I can't be in two places at the same time. Um, and here's the best, most efficient way um, to provide that support. Um, talk about, to the offerings. I'm curious because, <laughs> excuse me, I'm curious because, you you guys might say, No, we didn't we didn't shrink it down at all. But but oftentimes when you're franchising, you know, you gotta take a real inner look and say, Okay, here's the things we're trying to offer and trying to provide, but really the majority of our revenue is coming from this or this or this. So what are we gonna cut to streamline this? Did you guys go through that exercise?
2: You know, we did. We first went to it, you know, our, our big thing is real estate, right? Real estate was all over the board and, you know, the last couple of years. Even commercial went to the roof. you know, because our, our locations used to be, or my old locations used to be 2,500, 3,000 square feet. For the same thing, we're paying for the 1,200, 1,400 square foot model now. So that was one thing we downsized to make sure we fit the model and fit the numbers correctly. Another thing is how we trained our, our staff and how we trained our coaches on. Um, we you know created a Rockstar University, which streamlined them along, where they have continuing education across the board. So everybody was tra- trained in a, right, in a right way instead of, like, we training one, training two, training three. You know, a lot of things we learned, again, the last few years just from um, – the pain of growing. A lot of people going. Hey, you're going to have to go through this yourself to understand how to fix some of the situations inside the systems in the company itself. So the big one was for was real estate because it got so expensive for a while. We're like, hey, how can we're going to run this model with real estate
0: numbers going through the roof? And along the way, as well, I mean, you guys are a married couple, and so anytime you're running a business um, spouses, I mean, that's hard. That's hard enough. Um, Now you're talking about growing a business um, through a franchise model. Can you talk about that? I mean, how's that? How's that been for you guys?
1: You know, there's certainly been challenges when I first had this idea about Rockstar and wanting to do it a different way than James had previously done it. We butt heads. That first year was, I would say, the toughest year of our marriage. We certainly butt heads that year, but as we both came along and got on the same page and started to grow this together i think James and i we we really are best friends and we spend you know a, a lot of time together all the time together but we prefer that we love it actually and we're just so opposite our personalities are opposite our strengths and weaknesses are opposite and so we we're really yin and yang and we work so well together um, for us, luckily, like it's been amazing. We have a lot of people that are like, I could never work with my husband or her wife, but for us, we actually, we love it. I mean, we just, we sit down and he's like the creative and the visionary and I can sit down and, and get tasks done, you know? Um, so it's just, it's worked for us perfectly. Yeah,
0: I think you have to have that kind of, I think you have to have each person bringing something different to the table or. Right. I mean, you know, just uh, or otherwise, it's too much of a clash, it seems like. I mean, and, and especially if James is the one being more the creative idea person and you come in and say, OK, we can work with this. We can't work with that. Um, and then coming to a compromise, th- those type of scenarios can, can work well. But kudos to you guys for doing that. That's a hard thing to do.
2: Well, I can tell you this was planned from the first first uh, our first date. <laughs> no way.
0: Is this, this is, is the exact model. You laid it all out, right? You laid it all Absolutely. out. On the first day. <laughs> so tell me who's running, I mean, in your corporate store, who's running it day to day now with the whole franchise system growing?
1: I was, but now I actually have um it's actually my sister is in there running it for me now. And she was actually a school teacher. She taught high school for many, many years. And, you know, right around before the pandemic, I think, or no, right post pandemic. It was post pandemic and she was just done. She was like, I'm ready to be out. And I said, you know, I'm ready to step out of corporate so we can grow this franchise together. And so she got in there and she learned the systems and she has done amazingly well. And it, it runs, you know, every month it's on the app. So she's doing amazing with it.
0: How do you guys find franchisees? I mean, and who is the ideal franchisee to come in? I mean, you might have a broad spectrum of people who, who could work. But when you really think about who's the perfect franchisee, who, who is that person? You know, in, in the past, it's
2: been our perfect avatars. Really, it's it's been our customer. You know, it's not even been a sell. We didn't even try to sell the franchise. The customers came to us. Now, obviously, it's a little bit different way. We start getting into broker networks and start doing, you know, social media marketing and stuff like that. Hmm. But it's still that same person. It's really someone wants to impact the community. Maybe a husband and wife team, what we'd like to see. And someone just really wants to get involved in the community and change their financial, you know, DNA and their and have freedom and be able to have, you know, their own, be able to, you know, write their own checks and be able to make their own decisions in life and not have to really rely on the corporate world or rely on something. Because truthfully, uh, from a financial standpoint, if you do a small business well, it can financially take care of your family and build a legacy for the rest of your life. I truly believe that. And you have no one. It, it's, if it does well, it's you. You know, if it does bad, it's you, right? So our perfect person has been that mom and that dad that walked into the gym, and that is who our, our avatar is now. That you know, we had this same thing as as um, the person would come in, and it would be the mom and dad. It's a kid's concept from that five to fifteen year old. So that's that's who we market to. So it's going to be that mom or that dad that come in there. And now it's just so we're reaching out, you know, with another company that's going to be selling our brand. They're asked the same question. Who's going to be your avatar that's going to buy our brand? People that want the freedom, people want to,
0: you know, be able to impact their community and change kids' lives inside the community. Do Are you looking for franchisees who are also going to serve as instructors, or is it a franchisee who's going to come in, run the business, and go hire instructors?
2: Yeah, no, we don't want the the franchise. You know, we don't want the franchisee to come in and be a coach. That's that's not going to be their job. Uh, They're going to come in. They're going to hire the coach and the manager. It takes two people to run these businesses. Now, what they are going to do, they're going to be semi-absent. They're going to have to, you know be involved with their staff and stuff. We have training meetings. We teach our franchisees how to train their staff, proper training. But we want them involved, not coaching, not the every day-to-day business, unless they choose to do that. But it will be a
0: semi-absent. Talk a little bit, if you can or want to, and it's, it's one of those things that, that most people aren't aware of until they get into franchising and growing a franchise system, and that is the whole broker uh, network. As you mentioned uh, a minute ago, it, it's like a, its own, it is its own industry in and of itself. T- talk about your process of deciding to go that route and how you approached it.
2: Um, again, we started this about a year ago, almost a year ago. I'm like, okay, let's start back up. Let's have conversations. We've probably I mean, started had-
1: mid-COVID. We started right before COVID, not a year ago. Right before COVID. We started right before COVID. It was more than a year ago. But we put a halt once we sold, you know, right... Because when we Mm -hmm. launched the franchise, we sold immediately several to our customers. And so when COVID hit, we put a halt to everything. And we said, let's just take care of our existing franchisees. And so we didn't even try to sell in that time period. Um, It wasn't Mm -hmm. until the beginning of this year that we were like okay, let's pick back up. Let's join a couple broker networks. Um, and it wasn't, that wasn't even our own decision. It was other people that we talked to that said, you've got to get into the broker networks. You got to get in, you know, and so we joined a couple and, um, you know, it's all about relationship building. Um, it's been, honestly, I'll say it's, it's been a challenge. I think that, they, well, it's always.
0: A, I will tell you, it's always a challenge in brokers because brokers they make their money. I don't have anything. I don't have any problem with brokers, but we we gotta call it what it is. Right? I mean, these brokers they they come in and their only goal is to sell franchises. That's their goal because that's how they make money. Now, of course, you want to sell franchises, but you have an added really important piece, which is you want to sell it to the right person <laughs> because you gotta live absolutely. with these people. Correct.
2: Absolutely correct, and I think that's where we came in about a year ago. We started interviewing these different companies, speaking with different people. We're like, you know, we can sell 150 or 200. He's
0: like, whoa, 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 whoa! I don't think we're ready to sell 150 or two. You know, the I mean, how are you going to support it, right? I mean, you got to you got to build out the operational structure as the franchise grows to support these people. Absolutely. So, you know, we
2: we. Did not yeah. go with a few, three or four, we passed on. He's you know, talking about
1: FSOs here. FSOs, yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that we worked with, yeah. And, you know, I'm like, hey, let's just listen to people, have a conversation with people, network with people, and just hear out there. And we just... um We've heard a lot of good stuff about the broken network and a lot of bad stuff about the broken <laughs> network. So it's been a, a good thing. We've learned a lot, so now we finally okay, this year we're ready to go. We're ramping up. We're ready to start in January. We've got the marketing, got the PR, got the company behind us. We're ready really to, you know, move forward. We think we have a phenomenal team
0: that's gonna move us forward out there also. And are you looking for multi-unit? Op- I mean, a lot of franchise systems, they'll take the, the the single unit, if it makes sense, but ultimately they're looking for multi-unit type development and relationships. Is that how you guys are looking to grow? Yes, we are. That's exactly what we're looking for. Well, I really think the concept is really interesting. I love your unique take on it. Love the the background story. And, you know, it's always interesting with, with martial arts because at the end, there, there's such a, there's such a fitness component to it, but as you, as you said, Shiva, you know the the discipline and and the confidence and those sorts of things that you can help instill uh, in the kids and their parents too um, is really great, and it and it has lifelong impact. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I remember my karate instructor. Uh, instructor, you know, you remember those things and and learning that discipline, so it, it sticks with it sticks with you. Uh, throughout your life. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on and share for a few minutes. Um, if anybody wants to learn more, you can go to dot com. Is there any place else um, that people can go to learn about this system?
2: Yeah, you can go to com.
0: also.
2: That's our franchise website. The other website was our our Jim's website. You can find us obviously on on Instagram also at the uh, at Be- the Beckers, um, and both of our names also. We have Instagram accounts and Facebook accounts. You can find us
0: also if you'd like to have, ask any questions to us. Well, as we finish up, I got one final question for each of you. Um, tell me, and 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 James, we'll start with you. Um, what's one piece of advice? I mean, I know there's a lot that you would give. Uh, to somebody out there right now who uh, is a little bit earlier than you guys are. You know, they're at that stage where they're contemplating growth. Um, You know, I'm of the opinion your business is either growing or it's dying, so you're always thinking about growth. It's just, how are you going to do it? Um, And thinking about franchising, licensing, corporate growth, um, what, what piece of advice would you give to them as they're contemplating that very important decision? Find someone's done it. 100%,
2: 100%, find someone that's done this where you want to go. And I can promise you, if they've been at a higher level, they're going to pick up the phone. They will have a conversation with you. Something I notice, what I've seen, and not just the franchises, but people who are very successful in business, they're willing to share the little secrets, the little diamonds in the rough that really will help you quite a bit to get over some of those things that you're going to be
0: going through that you don't see yet. It's right, because so, they had people who shared it with them and they're just, they're, they're, they want to pay it back, which is a great thing. It really is. Great
2: mentoring ship. to me. I think mentoring ship is, um, to me, it, it's helped me tremendously over the last 40 years. I would not be here today and achieve what I've done today without my mentors that put their steps ahead of me. How about you, Shiva?
1: Well, that was actually my answer, but, um, I thought about, you know, another one is if you're even contemplating it, you know, when I thought that I only wanted my one rock star location, even at that point, James and I implemented very strong systems in place, just in case you never know. And so, you know, think about that. You know, does your concept have those systems in place to be able to duplicate? And if not, then, you know, that's something that you need to get on firsthand.
0: Well, thank you guys so much again for joining. Really, really interesting conversation. I look forward to uh, to seeing your growth over 2023.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank Josh. you very much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It really helps to get this show out to more and more people. Also, if you have any questions, have ideas for guests or topics, please email me, josh at IndieFranchiseLaw.com. That's josh at indie, I-N-D-Y, franchiselaw.com. And finally, please know that this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes and is not in any way, shape, or form meant to be any kind of legal advice. If you're seeking legal advice, please contact a lawyer. Have a great one. Happy franchising.